Hello and welcome to the Lost Art Podcast. I'm Paul and I'm here with Gar. That's a lie. I'm doing the in. You're doing the in. Yeah. I just seen that your one is forced. Oh yeah. That's mad. We should just yeah, leave this bit in. It's been fucking ages. Just leave this in. We should just leave this bit in. All right. Uh, welcome to the Lost Art <laughs> Podcast. I'm Gar and I'm here with Paul. That's that's not a lie. He is that's here with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am here with him. Yeah. Uh, I, this time. We're actually not anywhere near each other. We're on complete and utter opposite sides yeah. of uh, we're not actually we're on the same side of the city, but one of us is further out than the other. How I don't that? even know what side of the city I'm on when I'm out here, to be honest with you. You're kinda of northish. Yeah, Northeastish, north. aren't you? But it's so north that it's like, oh, not north side. Just No, just it's north. past that. It's past yeah. that. We're in the county <laughs> Dublin here, I think. Yes. Um which is better, I'm not gonna lie. It's it's rough. I had a Mad shit happened to me in work this week. Like it's just the town is just crazy, man. Town is crazy. You've started, you've started letting people in, in, into the pub, haven't you? Yeah, uh, we have. Um, I put three tables aside. I put a six seater, a four seater, and a two seater aside last week just to try it out. And um, we had people in most nights taking advantage of it. But you know what? Everybody got got the horn over going into the pub, right? And you bring yeah. the people in and you sit them down and you're like, sit down, shut the fuck up. Like you're not allowed up. Like, if you're going for a slash, put your mask on you. Um, you're not allowed to move the table. Like, you're glued to your seat, you know what I mean? Uh, and, and after about half an hour, a lot of people are sitting there going like, James, we probably should have just went outside, like... Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? smoke as well. Yeah, well, I mean, they can throw their mask on and go out for a cigarette or whatever. It's, 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 in that regard, it's kind of similar. It's just, it feels weird when you're in a pub and it's not full or... It, you know, the staff yeah. are working and you can have music on but it's real low so you can hear like me walking back in and going like, can I get four points of Elton's two oh, still and a yeah. gin and tonic, you know what I mean? And then walking out past yeah. them with a tray uh, or something. It'd still be better for some people though. Absolutely, I mean, especially if it's pissing around you but I believe it. So I've, I've opened up, I think, one, two more, two more tables. So I'm going to have about four indoor tables this week. Um... So you just have to scan people. You have to scan this QR code thing they have with this yeah. piece of shit app that the government designed in 25 <laughs> minutes. It's fucking brutal, man. Yeah, it's I can so only imagine. bad. Like it just, it's a, it's not even an app. It's a website. So it's like a JavaScript app that runs oh. in, in a web browser. So you have to go to this like browser address and it says, you know, can I use your camera? And you go, yeah. And like it just opens up the camera. <laughs> but it has no like autofocus feature and like that. So somebody's holding up their QR code and you're holding your camera at them. And it's just blurry and shit, you know, and it won't it won't scan it. And you're like, listen, just put your put your phone down on the table there for a second. And you're standing there like a fucking prick trying to scan in this QR code. And then you have to turn around and say, listen, can you turn your brightness up? And depending on who you get to like, brightness how do you turn brightness <laughs> up? i was like it? oh my god almighty like it's, it's it's a nightmare and then you have to take all these details which is fine you know but um it's just it's not ideal let's put it that way you know well speaking of doing things that you don't want to do exactly uh we are doing an episode today on called if we have to and it's about bands who either refuse to or just don't want to or have shown a desire to not play a certain song from their yep. back catalogue uh, for whatever reason. Um, usually, it's it's uh, it can be the biggest song the band has. Usually, They don't yeah. feel represents them and they have to play them and uh, for all the reasons because that's the mutant magnet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I'm looking through the list here and in, in, a, in a lot of cases, um, 
Not all of them, but in a lot of cases, these are some of their biggest songs, you know, that for one reason or, reason or another, as you said, may, might have just attracted mutants or gave a bad representation of the band in the first place. Or there could, there could be any number of stories associated with why this group just aren't into performing this song anymore. In some cases, they just stopped performing it. Um, anyway, let's get, let's get straight into it. Who was your first choice then for If I Have To? My first one is one of the first ones that pops into my head that isn't... Uh like super obvious mm. i think we've actually avoided some super obvious ones but um this is wasp animal fuck mm. like a beast um one of wasp's most famous songs if not their most famous song mm. uh isn't played live anymore not because they got sick of the song well one of them did mm. for reasons we'll get into now this is a great song this is a really 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 good song um it's like my second favorite wasp song next to wild child which is wild child is one of those uh montage friendly songs but for the radio that's good for radio and it's good for uh music video but their first single fuck like a beast uh blackie lala said we didn't try and shock weren't out to try and shock people with this and all the blood all over the stage i'm like yeah ah, stop will it go away out of Stop, stop telling lies about back then because I know you want things to be different now yeah. because Blackie Lawless found the Lord Saviour Jesus Jesus Christ himself yeah. in, in his life yeah so due to the lyrical content and overall theme of this song Blackie Lawless does not want to do it anymore now in his defence he said what can I do to be a positive influence uh, I'm looking at what I'm doing now and I'm trying to create the best example of someone I can be, and I can't do that with thirteen-year-olds singing. And I'm gonna read the lyrics now. Please, I got I got pictures of naked ladies lying on their beds. I whiff that smell, and sweet sweet convulsion starts a swelling inside my head. Don't think he means his head. Head. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm making artificial lovers for free. I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. That. I start to hell. I'm in heat. I moan and groan, and the hunt drives me crazy. I fuck like a beast. It's a banger. Like, let's be honest with you. It's just an out and out outrageous 80s stupid. It's like the Limp Bizkit of classic rock. Yeah. Really. Uh, th- th- it's weird because this song was removed at the last second by Capitol Records from their debut album. Oh, really? After, after they were about to like release their album because, mm. because of pressure from the, at the time, Parents Music Resource Center, yeah. the PMRC. Uh, they had a list of filthy 15 if you remember 15 right. songs that they had a hit a hit out on mm. i can actually read that list if you want it's very Please. interesting darling nikki by prince uh involves sex and masturbation sheena easton sugar walls for sex i think that's vague but mm-hmm. obviously not eat me alive by judas priest mm. for sex mm. i just have a list of the reasons here that they mentioned vanity by strap on robbie baby uh, sounds like sex yeah to be mm. fair Motley Crue Bastard for violence actually there's a random violence mm. one thrown in there ACDC let me put my love into you I don't think I need to tell you what they were yep. on about with that one Twisted Sister we're not going to take it for violence weird that's a weird one mm. Madonna dress you up it could have been any Madonna song at that era true uh, the aforementioned wasp mm. animal folk like a beast for sex Def Leppard high and dry for drug and alcohol use mm. I think that probably is more like high and dry sounds like they're talking about the downfalls of it. Maybe. Whatever. This parent, parents group, we're not going to listen. Merciful Fate into the Coven for a cult rather than anything else. It's a great song. 
like yeah black sabbath trashed for drug and alcohol use yeah mary jane's girls mary jane girls in my house for sex venom possessed for a cult and cindy lauper she bop for sex and masturbation weird there's the 15 songs they took swings out i think they would be all metal it's only maybe one third of them yeah. to, to half of them um anyway they got the song released later this is what they did they got other labels to release it uh by mail order on a single and it uh-huh. did incredibly well like, yeah like uh smart like a, a pr- proxy sales yeah smart sort of things um yeah it's kind of weird so he like, just as he th- he turned to god and he was like I, d- I don't really want to be singing this song about wanking or whatever anymore riding and blah 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 yeah i never having, I'll sex, never, having I'll never, sex in the form of an animal i'll never get these lads like like wasp of loads of songs like that and i that's the thing i look into the other songs i'm like a few i think he's just being like i think he's just trying to like prove to his uh church friends oh i don't do that anymore like, yeah Whoa, th- that's my most popular one yeah like i'll kill, I'll kill me one. big one yeah exactly it's uh, he like, ironically sacrificed that one, exactly yeah. but when like start a new band or something how about that you know what i mean mm. like you, you, you can't just you can't just decide one day especially because of like religious reasons like if like, it's a heavy metal band yeah, you know what I mean. Like the whole thing just doesn't joy if like Christianity and, and 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 heavy metal don't mix. I don't care what anybody says; they don't really mix, you know. And also, Blackie Lawless, thirteen-year-olds aren't going to their gigs. Yeah, you better believe it. I hate, I hate to tell yeah. you. Yeah, I hate to it's tell you that thirty-three-year-olds aren't even going to their gigs anymore. 50, How about that? Fifty-three-year-olds. Yeah, maybe. there was there was murder in the pub one night actually because there was a, there was a couple of skinheads. And um, loads of skinheads wouldn't be known for being the smartest people on earth, and they picked a row with this fella who was wearing a wasp t-shirt. Yeah. I am, um, and because and there was more than we had to step in. I was like, "What the fuck is doing?" They're like, "Just wearing a bleeding white Anglo-Saxon president T-shirt," <laughs> and we were like, "What? What? White wasp stands for what? White Anglo-Saxon president?" I said, "Well, you know, you're not wrong. Um, you're not wrong, but like, what's that got to do with with anything?" And they're like, "It's just you know bullshit. It's like you know religious fucking political shit." And we were like, "Yeah, but like you're the one. That's a metal band, like." And like Wasp themselves have like t- told a thousand different stories as to what that stands for. Like, yeah, it's like it, NWA. It's different every time you ask them. Exactly. It, like, it, like I think the last interview Blackie Lawless gave, he he said it's white Anglo-Saxon presidents because that's just, we thought it sounded cool. Um, but he also said, you know, I don't know what the, what was the other one he says. We are sex perverts or something like that, or sex pests or some shit, some nonsense like that. Again, he gave a thousand yeah. different names. Had to just diffuse the situation between. Fucking just some fucking Egypt metler for wearing a wasp t-shirt. You know what I mean? Like, cause he's fucking wearing a wasp t-shirt and an Egypt. He would never have been able to talk himself out of that. And even if he could, no punks understood him. Uh, like, so, and, yeah. and then and then these fucking mutants, fucking idiots, for like picking a fight over something they had no comprehension over whatsoever. You know what I mean? Um. So whenever whenever somebody talks about wasp, I always remember that night where you had the, and because I think it had like a southern flag. Um, had like a rebel oh, flag on the t-shirt or something right. as well. well. To be fair, yeah, that's a, t- a two for. Um, uh, it yeah, was a two for one, yeah. But um, yeah, look, that's that's, that's black fucking black. like an animal for you. That's what that's yeah. what it does to you. You get sick black of it after a while. You just want to lie yeah. down, relax, just sing songs, to, happy songs. To <laughs> he released a song uh, called or an album or something like about Babylon, where he's talking about oh. the Book of Revelations. I'm like, will you? St- you know what? I hate to tell you, it's like someone showing me a picture of their kids that I don't know that well. I'm like, I don't care. I don't even really want to see pictures of like me best mate's kids. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, to that's you. fine. That's grand. But I'm talking about like, like he t- he's like, 
I'm gonna make them like uh, the Jesus stuff. I'm like, no, you're not. Yeah, absolutely not. No, and I, I'd love to know who funds these things. This, this is what always blows my mind. Is that if there was somebody with money behind them, and Blackie Lawless from Wasp was like, listen, I'm gonna go try this new project. I have this cool idea, and it's like some kind of heavy metal financier or something like that. <laughs> like, okay, well, but, you know, what's what's the, the plan? Yeah, what's what's the plan? What's the plan, Blackie? Well, I'm going to do this, like, heavy metal opera based on, like, the book of Revelation. Like, just instantly. It's, like, it's not worth the plastic we're going to print it on. Let's put it that way, Blackie. Like, it's landfill. What you're creating here is future landfill. Can we? Can you just well, not? Well, it's funny because maybe uh, he had had some help from his friends in high places to re- release an album like this. His white Anglo-Saxon president, mate. Uh, maybe who's your, your first one <laughs> my first one is Paramore with Misery Business one of their biggest songs oh yeah uh, came out in 2007 song. it's a great song I actually bought Roya on LP last week got uh, re-released and it was a decent price so I grabbed it um, yeah I, I read through lists of bands that I hated loads of their songs and this one kind of kind of shook me a little bit when I was reading I was like that's one of their biggest songs like you want the Spotify or whatever that's in their top kind of three it's a huge song and even if you don't know Paramore the band you probably know this song because it was played to death you know it's a big big old song 2007 came out on the Roya album it's a classic punk rock song yeah pop exactly punk, pop, pop punk song pop punky yeah exactly um, so they stopped playing it in 2018 because there was uh, some lyrics in there that um, uh, what's the girl's name the Hayley isn't it huh yeah, Hayley. Hayley, yeah, and um, that she wrote when she was seventeen. So this, she wrote the song when she was seventeen, you know. And there was a lyric in there that says, "Once a whore, you're nothing more." And I'm sorry, that's never going to change. And she kind of took it upon herself. It was like that's kind of slut shaming, you know. Like it took her like eleven years to kind of to, to, yeah. to be able to pull the trigger and say, Do "You know what? I don't like that line. I wrote it when I was seventeen years of age, and you know, it, it's not really applicable." Um, it wasn't applicable back then. It's definitely not applicable for me as a grown woman to be going around saying these things to to, to kids. You know, can they not just change the lyric? Well, apparently, for years before this, when they were doing it live, she had been singing it, singing the lyrics differently live. But like but the record was out, out. You're you're a bore, but nothing more. So I don't know what she'd done, something like that, when she was doing it live. But like the, the album's out. You know what I mean? And the, the record label aren't going to let her go back and change the lyric. They're just not. No matter how much money it's worth. Like, the only thing they could do would be do maybe, like, what what Therapy have done, where they re-record old songs or some shit, you know, they do uh, Best of Paramore re-recorded 2022 with Misery Business 2022 on it, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. Get to change the lyric then. But that's, you know as well as me, like, from a DJ point of view, like, you never play those new versions of it because they're never as good. Nope. They're never as good. Always, uh, they don't have that youthful exuberance. There's that you have something missing. I like. I, I went out and I got that therapy re-recorded things and listened to the screen, uh, screen major, the one they done last year. It's just shy. It's shy. Yeah. It's missing I hate you, something. I hate when, you, when you accidentally play one of them live. Oh. Or live when you're sorry, DJing. And you get like this. Uh, you're DJing on the spot and you get this crappy re-recorded version. And now it's, it probably sounds a little bit clearer. Yeah. Oh, there's loads of people that did it. I think like maybe Queensryche might have done it. Before. A few people did it. Like, Sick of it all, done it. Yeah, it just doesn't. Why you're re-recording this stuff? And it's, it's no emotion in it anymore. It's all. Yeah, it's flat. They've played it to death so many times, and now they're going to a studio and try and do it. And they probably have a thousand little things that like oh, I wish I'd done that back in 1980 splash or 1990 yeah. splash. And little we're like, flurries. We we're like we didn't notice. 
Yeah, not we, and if you adding it in now is ruining it. It's like forget you can do it live if you want. Like it's like it's like going back and go here. Do you remember that joke, that famous joke I told in school? And it was like, oh, that was great. At the, at the when we were away at the camping trip, and you told that joke. It's like, can I can I fix that now? Yeah, I, I'd rather tell it a different way. People like, <laughs> yeah. what? I didn't expect them to laugh again. Yeah, exactly. No. Yeah, that, that doesn't work. It's over. So yeah, they 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 quit the song 2018. They said we're just not going to play this for a long, long time. Like um, we're going to let people kind of forget about it, and uh, we we might come back to it in the future. But it's been three years now since they done it. Um, done it live. They they said, listen, it's it's sexist. It's anti-feminist. It's it's the whole song in general. To be honest with you, has a bit of a, a murky tone. Yeah, like, I mean, she's changed her 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 story about what it's about a thousand times. Yeah, it does sound like robbing someone's mat and then going. <laughs> yeah, like. kind of. Now she she said, I think one of the things she said that from the get go was about just the song is about a fella who was getting hard done by by a girl, um, like her, one of her best mates, some fella. He was every, all her mates, all his mates knew that like this board was fucking, um, doing him dirty on the side or something like that. Some some malarkey right, like that. But right. again, so but, it was justified. Maybe I mean this is her calling out this board who's acting the bollocks with a friend, you know what I mean? That was the lyric, yeah. but she's like still not cool because unless this, unless everybody knows what the song is about, knows the story behind the song, it's a bit fucking dark and it's it's a, it's a sl- now lyrically it fits really really well. Like I listened to the song again yesterday, like I can't imagine them singing anything else. But um, if she's not happy bored, with it, but it won't be it'll be the same. It'd be like yeah, it'd be like Mo telling the Red Hot Chili Peppers to say. To, to change their lyrics in the song like he did when they were playing in, in Springfield <laughs> exactly. what about what well, I got I gotta get to put it in you why don't you change that to hug and kiss you and they're like wow that's much better <laughs> yeah everyone could enjoy that <laughs> anyway that was uh, Misery Business by Paramore what is your next one uh, quite an obvious one I think probably it's Radiohead Creep but, oh, it was a big one though it, it's, it's interesting yeah like naturally Radiohead have matured and changed since this uh 1992 debut single mm. they've changed a lot since the bands even yeah and arguably changed a lot since okay computer according to you <laughs> better believe it we <laughs> went about two podcasts without mentioning that album i know yeah well fuck that. it's I'm back, back. <laughs> it's back radiohead took elements from the 72 song air that i breathe following legal action from albert hammond and mike hazelwood who are now credited as songwriters mm. on the creep Albert Hammond is a, a famous, famous, famous songwriter, but some people will probably know his son more as Albert Hammond Jr. from the guitarist from The Strokes. Mm. Um, Creep is their first big. Ma- it was released in '92, didn't do well, and then after Smells Like Teen Spirit kind of started really picking up a grunge, mm. it was re released and then it exploded worldwide. Um, they grew very wary of the song, uh, and like early on. And it probably started to move on even after the song had come out. And they were probably yeah. already thinking about stuff that was going to go on to um, the bands. Yeah. Jesus, it sounds like you're on an oil rig. There's a lot of fucking seagulls, right? I tell you, just We have to pause the podcast to tell you what's going on. They're after putting these fucking plant, like planter pots down um, all along my road. And they're lovely. They have flowers and you know, plants and shit in them, you know, I was just kind of busy the road up a bit, and for some reason, I don't know why, because seagulls don't eat flowers or plants, there's fucking seagulls everywhere, right, this is the last three or four days, all day and all night, and they sit in the chimney screaming, and it comes down the fireplace and everything, 
So, uh, yeah, just just to add to the normal dogs barking and parrots squealing, now you've got seagulls um, into the mix as well. Because it's warm out, so I have the window open. And, um, but they're, they're fucking everywhere. Now, I do live close to, the, close to the sea, so there's always the odd seagull around. But whatever it is about these planters... You're, you're trying to lure them in to be your mate. I, that's my last thing I want, is a fucking seagull. I can't. That's just too screamy and bitey. That just that no, yeah, I can't. Well, you not see that as a challenge. Absolutely not. I ne- I nearly had one a few weeks ago, and someone else took him. I found one that got hit by a car, and another fella took him out my hand. They brought him up to the vet, and I was like, "Thank Jesus Christ," because that was I knew that was going to end up going home with me. But uh, no, uh, yeah. Anyway, Radiohead. Yeah, they uh, didn't perform it for many years, many, many, many years. They actually wrote my iron lung off the bends in response to a request from mm. my that do another creep there will it mm. and they were like right so if you listen to the lyrics of iron lung it is directed at the success of creep uh-huh. and yeah so this is our new song just like the last one a total yeah. waste of time my iron lung um they said that they had seemed to be living out the same four and a half minutes of their lives over and over again when they were playing that live. They said um, it was incredibly stultifying, which is a mm. fantastic word. They said He said that it broke their heart every time that they would see audience members. They would get up and leave after Creep was finished. Oh. Saw that, like people walking out. Um, that's kind of, that's crazy. I remember really reading an interview with, um, with, with, Noel Gallagher once and he was talking about like loads of bands giving out about playing their most popular songs and he was saying listen like there comes a time you just have to pay the fucking rent he said like you can ha- you can write the greatest songs in the world and he referenced Radiohead directly he said like the, the lads write great songs it's not necessarily my exact cup of tea he said but if you went to a Radiohead gig and they didn't play Creep he said just 99% of the people's gonna walk out you know yeah, and well, I guess I guess they, they they were probably trying to make that happen. Yeah, I think so. Much I think like, so. It was much like something that we uh, another obvious one would be Horse Outside. Yeah, by Rubber Bandits. Um, he's just he, disowned that completely now. He's no yeah, interest in it. Yeah, because that that brought along a lot of people to his gig that were yeah. like Horse Outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Horse Outside. Yeah, I and he, he like, even tried to write another one then with the the, the fucking uh, the black man in my crew or whatever it's called song. Like I didn't like that one. Didn't that was that good? I didn't think didn't think it was good, but that was definitely him trying to replicate that horse outside formula, you know. And I just it didn't it take. Did sound like it actually, yeah. It yeah, and like it just it. didn't kick off, so we went back down that weirdo fucking noise room, which yeah. suits them better. Dad's best <laughs> well, friend and all. Spoiling Ivan was a bit like Poppy as well, and mm. that was a very interesting, very sad song about a boy whose parents were junkies. Mm. Uh, <laughs> anyway, much like much like uh, Rubber Bandits Radiohead had that big massive hit that they tried to distance themselves from. You know what? Uh, Green would have said that Tom York has gone on many, many times, been asked about that song, and I won't go into all the things he said. Mm. But he did do a remix this year okay. of Creep, weird, and put it up, and basically he elongated it to like double speed okay or half half speed i should say sorry half mm-hmm. speed, double the length um and then add a lot of synths over it it has to be one of the worst mm. things i've ever heard it, it sounds pretty bad one of the one of the worst things i've ever heard <laughs> now they they it's genuine give it a listen give creep a listen it's like one of the last things they upload on spotify yeah. or, um it's impossibly hard to listen to them when the synths come in they're way too loud over the song i'm like why what's the point of this you don't like this song. Just to bury it a bit more, probably. 
Yeah, maybe. Well, if you look at perform, they they still do it. They do it very, very rarely. And I went up to listen to one of the last times I did it was 2008, I think, in mm. South America. Because I think they're a little bit more like they know South American people maybe are like, you're not going to play Creep? What yeah. We yeah. there's men, many people here. We will uh, make you play. We will have an actual riot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe they're just more demanding about things they love yeah. in the nineties. I think. Yeah, and uh, and uh, yeah. So I watched it, and it was he. He does give it a bit of effort, you know. What yeah, I, mean? I remember I was at Radiohead gig uh, the last one they played in Dublin, and there was people going, "Play Creed." Oh. I heard them shouting. Oh, it's like when we went to see Killing Joke, and your man had the fucking the LED bar that just said "Love Like Blood." <laughs> Life like blood. Life like blood. Yeah, <laughs> life like blood. Flashing in yeah. an LED screen. He he ruined that for the whole crowd because I remember even the band hated it. Yeah, they they talked to each other and they they came back and were like fucking this and that or whatever. Yeah. And I never played that song. And we we're like, wow, that good mutant. Yeah, well enough for him. Well enough yeah, for him. You ruined it for everybody. I, I wanted to hear it. still a banger. That's another song that they don't really associate with themselves. Like they like it and it's grand or whatever. Yeah. But like it, they, it was a. Yeah, they went. Oh, no, too much, too yeah. much pop. Um, yeah. Anyway, that was that was creepy. Really. Who's your next one? My next one is Oasis with Wonderwall. I was just talking about Noel. Speaking of, yeah. speaking of the devils, um, how do Oasis, you feel about this? By the way, yourself, Wonderwall. Like, if I, very, if no, I never, no, 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 no. Like, the, the idea of playing like your big hit. It's hard for us to know because we'll never get. It's not, it's not ever going to happen. Uh, <laughs> gonna... uh, well, I'll tell you what, right? So, with 20 Bulls, you had this one song that done done well enough for a while called Bow Down. And it was, whenever we played a gig, people would shout to play Bow Down. And there was a couple mm. of gigs where we had to play it like twice. And once we even had to play it three times, right? right. And at the start, because we were only Unfilous and Saps, we were like, this is amazing. Um, yeah, it was great crack. Yeah. But if it was like that every night, you'd you'd soon want to just give that song away. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. um, so I'd say you know when you're a young band and you you, you know you you crack open a smasher and the world takes notice and you're like holy shit, like I can afford me rent or whatever, um, and music is finally paying for my life and I'm able to live, uh, you know, a little bit more comfortably or whatever. Like you, you'll play that song forever. But when you're maybe four albums later. And there's people still shouting for that song. It's going to make you feel a little bit useless that you haven't even come what, close to touching that, you know? What what I'd imagine is, like, if, if I had to, I'd be thinking, like, it's a, that, this song is now a contract between me and the people who have paid for a certain lifestyle. That sounds very capitalist. Mm. But, like, I could understand with a cover, like, Sinead O'Connor's biggest breakout song yeah. is a cover. And a cover from someone that she doesn't like yeah it was abusive yeah uh to her according to her and i i'd well believe it but um i can understand how you did the cover but it's your own song it has yeah. come from you with the band there might be other members of the band that really love playing it you probably mm. didn't think to ask them <laughs> maybe maybe you did yeah yeah well i know yeah. i know that happened with wonderwall that um yeah that, i don't think noel didn't hate playing it there seems to be two sides between between the brothers so Noel hated playing it for the first couple of years because he said that he was so over on drinking drugs that it, he would always play it on electric guitar and it never sounded right to him and it bothered the shit out of him and he said every time they finish a gig at, he when he'd walk backstage he said we're never playing fucking Wonderwall again that, it just doesn't work it doesn't work and the rest of the band were happy enough they were like thank Jesus like thank God because the rest of the band didn't <laughs> like it either um, he said it took them fucking it took them like four years to realise like why don't I just grab an acoustic guitar 
and walk out with the acoustic and we can do it that way and when he, he started playing on the acoustic the whole thing settled down and it sounded better and uh, he said yeah, the band what would have been what would have been an acoustic song and all exactly um but like apparently the band still didn't like it the rest of the lads didn't like it at all liam fucking hated it right liam yeah. hated that song and he hated it for probably not the most obvious reason not necessarily because it was popular well part of the reason was because it was because it was popular it was that um it was their big giant song that exploded and everybody fucking loved it it was obviously played to death everybody got everybody knew every lyric it was huge and in liam's head it didn't represent the band well it wasn't a rock and roll song it was more of a kind of introspective kind of soft song you know real kind of open yourself let yourself kind of out there song he said like we're a rock and roll band and this was meant to be you know kind of deep not necessarily deep album cut as such but it was meant to be fucking just you know on the album and some record exec heard or whatever the fuck it was one of alan mcgee's minions and said like that's the single that's the one we're putting out there and the band are like are you fucking serious like because we're a rock and roll band can we not do like but but they just lost to blur yeah or single so they exactly wanted, they wanted uh revenge they wanted something so liam was like this song that took over the entire world didn't represent the sound of the band and he said it yeah. and in the states apparently they were looked upon even to this day they were still they were looked upon as almost like a one-hit wonder yeah right? yeah they, they probably are actually yeah. nothing else ever took off from them. they never reached the heights that they did in like the, the uk Ireland, or parts of europe um the, in america that wonder was a big smash over there huge song but nothing nothing followed it was college it up. Ra- college radio exactly yeah. yeah nothing they released followed it up so like they were doing decent sized gigs and stuff in america but like nothing compared to what they'd be doing over this side they and didn't quite they didn't quite break america they never never it's 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 still incredibly difficult to do to break america it's still super yeah. super difficult but he was saying that like they'd be over in america and they toured the states two or three times off the back of every new album you know and he said they'd go and do an interview on a radio station or an interview on a television show or something like that and they'd be introduced as like you know uh, you know, and, and here's a Mr. Wonderwall himself Liam Gallagher and he said after a while he was like I just can't shake that fucking song that song that doesn't sound like anything else we ever put out and we fucking like the lads don't like playing it I hate fucking singing it um, and all they want to hear is Wonderwall and he said something similar to what you said earlier is that like we could have went out like lights up walked out played Wonderwall lights down and walked off and everybody would have been fucking happy in America yeah, you know just that song that's all they really <clears throat> that's all they gave a shit about um, he said it's just so overplayed that they just hate it performing now at the same time to this day Oasis makes I looked it up five and a half million pounds per year in royalties even as a band that don't exist anymore wow and you have to assume that the vast majority of that is Wonderwall you know Five yeah. and a half million pounds. Or, or the album in general, this album in, in yeah. general. Five and a half million pounds per year. Um, the last one like, I found was from, I think, last year, 2020 or 2019. Five and a half million pounds per year in royalties comes in it's, to it's the band. They've only, got, they've only got two good albums. And if you really, really ask me what I think, they've only got one good album. <sighs> yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, we, we talked about this on B-Sides before where Oasis B-Sides were good enough to be albums so they yeah. actually put an album together of b-sides master plan like master, master plan, plan the album like, is better than their than uh be here now yeah oh yeah yeah without a shadow of a doubt um it's just that the, the quality of songs that no galher was pumping out on a daily basis uh, was just astronomical back then 
now I, I couldn't tell you a single note of a song he's played with his own band same with Liam couldn't tell you don't really there's care there's a few okay songs I've heard but like realistically they're not quite world beaters. yeah and it's mad I, I watched that uh, you know that, that pop documentary that's on Netflix now and they have an episode about uh, Britpop mm. and they do go into this war between uh, Blur and Oasis yeah and the death of Britpop and how Be Here Now was tragic. But they didn't mention OK Computer once as being the ma- one of the major things that killed it. Mm. They probably thought to themselves, well, Lost Art are probably going to mention a tenth. Oh, yeah, it. absolutely. We yeah. don't need to. Let's not wear it out. <laughs> let's, let's not wear it out. Anyway, that's uh, Wonderwall. The lad said, listen, they play it, but they fucking despise it, um, especially abroad, because that's all people knew about them. And they, it just felt like they were... Uh, just kind of uh, re-establishing that 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 kind of uh, boundary around themselves that they were one-hit wonders by performing all the time because they they do a performance on on TV about a new album on the TV station. Like, can you play Wonderwall? And they're like, that's fucking ten years ago, me. Like, can yeah. we do something else after the new album? They're like, we'd really rather you done Wonderwall. You know, this is they're always fighting against that current. <laughs> We don't need to push that song anymore. It's already out. <laughs> exactly. It's fucking painful. Anyway, that was uh, Oasis with Wonderwall. Who was your next one? My next one is Clean the, Cleanse the Soul. Uh, this could be a number of songs, actually, of mm. Sounds of Heaven by Slayer. But I'm picking this one as the one that is the most hated by Slayer. Mm. Uh, Kerry King didn't like the whole record. And Dave Lombardo himself as well sort of backed it up. They said when Sounds of Heaven came out, we didn't They're like fucking it mad. They're fucking mad. because We that's didn't killer. like it as much as Rain and Blood because Tom backed off too much with his singing or should I say he added too much singing. Mm. Uh, and, and they said, honestly, it's one of my least favorite Slayer albums. Like Kerry King, I would never bother listening to Kerry King on his own. Mm-mm. But the fact that it's backed up by other members. Mm. Now, this album is like a half-speed Slayer album. They, it sounds like they were listening to Black Sabbath's discography. Yeah. Or when they were doing uh, Rain and Blood, I think it sounds more evil. It's fucking great. This has got Dead Skin Mask on it, hasn't it? This has got the. No, that's, sorry, one? I'm next, just looking here. One. South of Heaven. Seasons in what the Abyss. What here? Ghost of War. Spill the Blood. Yeah, no, Dead Skin Mask. No. Okay, so just, just the, the title song itself is good yeah. enough for this album to be classed Mandatory, up there. Su- Mandatory Suicide and Ghosts of War are fantastic as well. It's, it's, it's crack on it, album. It's a great um, album. No, it's, it's brilliant. Um, they they don't uh, they've never played this song live, um, and they've never played Distant Aggressor live because it's a cover. That's fair enough. They don't want to do a mm. cover, and they're probably always touring, in uh, around Judas Priest anyway. So they're not going to be throwing that song out. Yeah. But this they particularly went there out of the way to never play because they hate it. And Kerry King says, "I fucking hate this stupid little happy riff that we play mm-hmm. at the start mm-hmm. of it." And if you listen to it. The, the riff, before it does change, it does have like this, like, that doesn't actually sound like Slayer. Yeah. Weirdly. Uh, I'm, I'm not pushed on this song either, to be honest with you at all. Um, but Lombardo also said, he is, I don't really, really like this album. He said he felt like there was fire on all the records, but the lights started to dim when we released South of Heaven. So Interesting. Interesting. Not, not that at all. Like, yeah, he, w- he wouldn't have wanted to play this song either. Uh, even though the drumming on it is, is pretty decent, like that's Slayer, they're, they're decent drum, yeah. drum savage on all the stuff. Um, kind of the, one of the key points of Slayer, really. Yeah, Sounds of Heaven was like their first album where they had undistorted guitars and more mm. relaxed vocals, and 
they, I think I think really what the lads were trying to say, but they didn't want to say it, was this is the last Slayer album that Hanneman had writing credits for on every uh, single song. Uh, Him and Kerry King were the primary songwriters yeah, on yeah. the previous albums, but this one saw Tom Area become more involved in the writing uh, process. Um, he put he put a little bit more soul into it. Just probably wanted to slow. He's probably like I'm fucking wrecking in these songs, lads. Bollocked. I am wrecked. Like now he's like. It's definitely more doomy, yeah. It is, yeah. I think it's great. I don't know. Like, I think they're being very disrespectful to Slayer. Who they are? Who they are? Disrespecting themselves, them own selves. Um, he King in fairness to himself, he goes. It's not all everyone else's fault. He says, I feel like I was lackluster on the album uh, and I don't like Tom Araya's new vocal style on it. So it was never played. Uh, Funny enough, this album went gold the exact same day as Rain and Blood. They were both certified gold on November 20th, 1992. Mm. I think that's just like when you release a new album and everyone digs into the back catalog. Yeah, yeah. The new fans go, what's the one before? Yeah. Weirdly, I have uh, more plays on my older song since releasing the other one. You would do, yeah. Definitely. I, I naturally was going to happen. Like, yeah. well, way more. I think people like, whenever I started pumping out like advertisement for the second song, yeah. people just went, oh, what's the other one? Like, ah, oh, yeah, that's why we're. Well, that's right. a, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well uh, imagine that like someone goes onto your Spotify and they press click on your new one. Like it's automatically going to line up the next yeah. one as well. So you're, you're yeah. getting free plays off, off your new one as well, you that's know? That's mad, yeah. So I think that's what happened with that. Like all the new fans, uh, bought this and the other one so it pushed out of heaven finally to go gold yeah 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 you know what I mean so that's uh, gotcha. that's an in, that's an interesting one Slayer mm. with not just cleanse the soul but in a lot of cases the whole lot of mm. South of Heaven who's your next little uh, I don't want to play it uh, my next one is Brass and Pockets by the Pretenders or just Pretenders um, I don't like that I don't like that song Chrissy Hoyne hates it Chrissy Hoyne hates it um, never liked it like, Really? Yeah, never liked it from day one. Um, she said, like, the song doesn't know what it is, you know, is it a rock song? Is it, like, Motown-y kind of soul? Is it pop? You know, what? what is it? Doesn't know what, what it is. She said, I kind of sang differently on that than I sang on anything she else. Does, yeah. She does, to be fair. And I used to hate it, so I kind of know what she means. I yeah. went through a phase of hating it, because it, it kind of has an annoying melody. Yeah. But then you can kind of get with it then after a while, and I like it now, but yeah, I could see... Yeah, she's just the pretenders were kind of more new wavy punk. Yeah, this, exactly. This probably, yeah, yeah. Well, this was the, the the first number one of the nineteen eighties. It was in in the charts from like January nineteen eighty for a couple of weeks. Um, got a lot. It was the third single they ever released. It was obviously their their biggest song. But it's it's such a she apparently when they were when they were finished with it and they were picking singles. She told the producer, I got Chris Thomas, she said, like, I'd rather die than release the song as a single. Like, that goes out over my dead body. That song goes <laughs> out. I don't mind it being on the album, but it cannot be a single. And she was just vetoed by the record label. Record label, like, it's going fucking out right now because it's a little whopper. We're putting that out. <laughs> and um, You are going to love it. Trust me, you're going to love it. She's like, I wrote it. We wrote it. Yeah, but you're going to love it. Yeah, you're going to love it. Um, so... Uh, apparently she did strangely enough she wrote that song with someone else and then after that she didn't let anybody else write songs with her for years and years and years um, it kind of soured her so much she, she's uh, she's saying now that she's like, I don't hate it now because I see the reaction it gets off other people but from a personal point of view she said I fucking hate playing it um, I hate hearing it and it was also there was a big thing where people were like 
it is the, the the birth of girl power, you know, um, female empowerment and music. And um, because you know the lyrics like "I am special" and all this kind of shit, and so people are like, "Oh, you know, fucking girl power type of stuff." She's like, "That's not what it was about at all. It's more tongue in cheek." And she's just like, "Even in the video, I'm like winking at the camera and all. Like the whole thing is fucking garbage." And they're asking her, "You know, where did Brass and Pucker come from? The name?" And apparently, because she's American, she was on tour with one of the label mates in the UK, and they had to go into a laundrette. And one of the bands that they were touring with, they were all, they were all collecting their, their uh, laundry in the same day. And one of the guys in one of the English bands was standing beside her collecting a pair of trousers. And he said, did you find any brass in the pocket? Like, because he's missing a lot of money or something like that. Oh, yeah. Um, was there any brass in the pocket? And she was like, that's really cool. I don't know why that's really cool, but I'm, I'm going to write a song called Brass and Pocket. And... Um, that's where that, that song comes from, for, <laughs> for no particular reason. But yeah, the whole thing was supposed to be um, kind of a tongue-in-cheek, rock and roll uh, kind of story song about about bullshit, and it just exploded on top of her. Yeah. And once again, it wasn't it wasn't an example of what that band sounded like. So anybody who picked up that album, like a lot of them would have just skipped that song and skipped the rest of it. You know, yeah, which is so, a shame because their other songs are better. Great actually. band, great band, but yeah. um, yeah, just because it wasn't, they, they were like you said, like a post-punk kind of new wavey type of feel to them, you know, um, like and this kind of poppy, almost Motown thing is is thrown out. Like again, a great song, but doesn't sound like Pretenders. Doesn't work, um, in the context of the band. But she it's said, "Listen, I see people dancing and and loving it now." She said, "So I get into it." But, like, I'd never listen to it again. Chrissy Hines doesn't suit the... This is going to sound real weird, right? They've tried to put that female empowerment uh, kind of hero on her, and she keeps rejecting it every yeah. day. Yeah. Really badly, actually, like, to the point where she's like, no, it almost sounds contrarian. Yeah. So when someone said, is this, she was like, no, absolutely not like that as well. Then, if you remember, maybe about five years ago, she made some comments about, well, if women didn't want to be attacked, she shouldn't be wearing stuff like that, or, or, or it doesn't Silly matter shit. what you wear, something like Silly. that. And everyone kind of went, I'm looking, <laughs> I'm looking at her here because I'm under the was like, brass yeah. in pocket singer, Chrissy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go, Mr. Wonderwall. <laughs> so it says it there, there you go. Fucking um, craziness. I don't know, the, I don't know the, the full um, story of what she said, but it was very heavy on the victim blaming. And I think it was involved in what people were wearing and stuff like that. And like, uh, like, well, if you go out in some of the clothes I see people out nowadays, like, ah, oh, come on. Ah, shut up, Billy. Shut up, you fucking stupid Elwin. Like, just <laughs> shut your fucking mouth. You know what I mean? I'm sick of telling people that. If you have something to say that's like related, then just shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. If you have like an opinion that that's kind of contrary to the to the accepted about stuff like that. You know, like when it comes to victim blaming and shit, just shut the fuck up. If you have it, keep it to yourself. Do you know what I mean? All you're gonna do is hurt your fucking career. Look at fucking Morrissey. You know what I mean? Oh, God, shut the yeah. fuck up. Shut the fuck up. You in, fucking in idiot. Way, in many ways, like shutting the fuck up is a bit like playing brass in pocket. Like, <laughs> exactly. Do you want to do you want to keep things going or not? Like, you know do you like mean? playing but, gigs and paying your rent? Like, yeah. did you read that interview with uh, Ryan Adams where he's basically on the internet begging for people to hire him to write songs? What? 
yeah, like he something came out there last week. He said, like, I know I'm 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 broken, I'm damaged goods. Like he said, but I'm gonna lose my home. Um, I'm gonna lose my little indie imprint. I'm did gonna he do li- something bad. He did something bad. He something ropey. Yeah, he done something ropey a couple of years ago. Oh, um, I'm not a big fan of Roy Adams because everyone went mad about him when he first came he out. He exploded like, up. Bro- I, I'm not like gonna lie Brian, to you. Brian Adams, they were like Ryan Adams, straight up. Like, they were, when people so were going mad about Ryan Adams. It was like they're spelling Brian wrong, and yeah. because Brian Adams spells his name wrong as well. So and I thought, yeah, because he spells it with B Y, B R Y, yeah. So I was like. Fucking Brian Adams, like, is having a big resurgence here. All these, like, indie kids loving fucking Ryan Adams. And, ironically, uh, ironically, Ryan Adams did uh, a very popular version of Wonderwall. Yeah, he did, actually. He did. And apparently, there's another thing, is that when Oasis were playing Wonderwall live, this is another thing I read the other day, uh, Noel had heard Ryan Adams' kind of arrangement of it and preferred it to the original. So when Oasis were playing after that, Ryan Adams kind of uh, cover version came out Noel preferred his arrangement of it and they start doing it that way live instead of their own original way yeah which is kind of weird but yeah Ryan Adams on the internet saying like they're going to take me house off me my car I'm not going to be able to feed my children Um, I need someone to give me a break here and like if you have any um, if you need like songs oh, written or that, production women alleging abuse against them something like that yeah no one wants his no one wants your songs yeah um, so he's begging for people to hire him to write songs or do production or something like that he's like I need to make money or else uh, I'm going to lose everything but like it's not like why should anyone do you a favour yeah you made a bollocks of it made a bollocks of a chap you know Um, I I, I don't know any of the details of it because I I actually bought a couple of Ryan Adams albums in the charity shop the other day so he doesn't get it off them um (laughs) <laughs> and, um, I'd just like to, I'd just like to make, like, make that known that he did get yeah, he's not even get tuppence out. Um, yeah. but if anything, I've taken food out of his mouth by point by, by, by the fucking second half. You should, you should re- repeat that on Twitter or send him pictures of your thing with the receipts that don't go out towards sales, exactly. Yeah, now, now someone else, now I don't ever have to buy a new copy of this album because I bought one for a euro, me. Um, yeah. But yeah, again, I don't, I don't know jack shit about it. But people do, people do that with uh, Harry Potter books. They're buying them secondhand so that J.K. Rowling... Does she didn't get it. Yeah. yeah. I, I, listen, say, I, I, I'm a big believer in fucking second chances and third chances, you know, but after your third chances, there shouldn't be a fourth one, you know. Um, everybody makes a bollocks of something in their life. and uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm gonna shut the fuck up. Who's your next one? My next one is um, the Foo Fighters uh, with Sister Europe, and not just Sister Europe. They should regret every song they ever wrote. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't know what this Sister Europe song is, but I know it is one of the songs that Dave Grohl is talking about when he says, "I was kind of pissed at myself for that record. Four of the songs are good." And the other seven I've never played again in my oh, life. Oh, I read that interview with him where he was giving out about one album. Is that that album? He was saying that it was just fucking bullshit yeah. most of it. Yeah, I read that yeah. interview. Yeah. And finally, he sees it from our point of view as well. Yeah, that he's dork. There is, there is like three, two two good songs and two okay songs. I don't mm. know he's going with his fucking four good songs. Mm. Um, um, so around the time of recording this album, they were huge. They were probably at their biggest. I mm. think that they were ever at. Yeah, but behind the scenes, uh, there was a lot, a lot of tension. Taylor Hawkins had a heroin overdose while on tour with the Foo Fighters. He's too handsome to be doing heroin. He's too in the Foo Fighters to be doing heroin. Yeah, that's too. We should be in, uh, overdosing on vitamin water or something. But like, yeah, 
fucking too handsome to be doing fucking gear. You know what I mean? Like, if, you're too, if you're good looking, you shouldn't be doing gear. Imagine, imagine going back to, to Dave Grohl going, I know you've seen this before in your other bands, so I'm sorry about that. I probably yeah. brought up a few bad memories for you. He's like, yeah, probably did bring up a few bad memories for mm. you, all right? Yeah, with my whole other band imploding with the death of the singer. Uh, <laughs> so they where did you even get here to one? Like, what? where did you even get here to one? Do you know what I mean? In, Amer- in America? I'm yeah. Sure. Jesus. Like, I imagine it's quite easy. Do you reckon? Like, but think of all the, like, they, they could be in, like, playing with some ska punk band and they'd all be, have just heroin. made her instruments made of heroin just to fucking yeah. stop the existen- existential crisis of the music they play affecting them. Yeah. Like, whoever, whatever Sublime did after your man did too much he heroin. He died. Probably, yeah. Yeah, but they were probably on tour with other bands and they'd go, oh, you know, uh, they're actually. <laughs> they got some, when, when they got the other singer in, they used to say Sublime with Rome and I, uh, no one knows who Rome is. Why did they even write that? <laughs> the new singer bloke no one even knows who you oh, are mate why is, why is a sublime with Rome just be be the singer sublime like that ten times bigger than you that yeah, was bothered the shit out of me that is mad it's it's replacing the singers we, we, we've talked about that a lot a lot of times before so we won't go too too mm. far into that now although I keep wanting to talk about more about Static X but I can't <laughs> yeah <laughs> so they decided to write a new album mm. um, write a new album while he was a uh, getting the heroin out of his yeah. old things they said that he said that like th- this is the gas thing right they said that at the time the songs were so bad and these aren't even the songs he's talking about now yeah the ones then so they weren't they were making an album that they said wasn't working at all so he said didn't sound familiar didn't sound like food for i'm like yeah that's arguable it didn't sound it might have actually sounded all right it didn't sound mm. like that not that the food forts are bad. It was very, very center, dead center of the middle of the yeah. road. And uh, so at this time, Dave Grohl decided to accept an invitation to play drums for Kill- uh, Queens of the Stone Age. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and he said that it caught the bandmates by surprise. They thought this is definitely the end of, of food forts, like the absolute, the absolute yeah. end. So he said, no, it's not. It's not the end of the food forts. Absolutely not. It will never be the end of the food forts. Now, if I hear Dave Grohl saying that, that doesn't mean I'm going to be in the band. Yeah. To me, Dave Grohl could fire everyone and restart again as the Foo Fighters. That's yeah, because that's like, what the first album was, wasn't it? He played everything. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So, so like, I, I'd be more like, I'm not going to be out of the band. I, mean, I wouldn't say the band's going to be over because he could go, no, no, the band will be over. But you're fired. <laughs> everyone's yeah. fired. Yeah. Everyone's fired because that kind of drugs. So after getting back from the tour with Queens of the Stone Age, um, they he had more of a kind of revitalized energy to do songs yeah that that he pumped out at the time as, as like oh yeah i'm pumped to do this album and th- weirdly enough the album was actually received quite well because it's mm. a much more punk heavy album but there's nothing worse than listening to a Foo Fighters album and you hit a non-single mm. and you go, yeah. this is boring yeah and that's what all these songs are so i picked really? that sister girl up because it's a stupid name and it's a nonsense song to be perfectly honest with you mm. well from what i heard i listened to, i had to pick a song that i presumed where he never says which of the four songs so the, 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 the two singles and i think that one at the end maybe is one yeah of them. so i know for a fact this is one of the ones he's not he's talking about yeah being garbage pretty much so i just picked this one out of a handful of other garbage <laughs> just roll the dice on the album I growled the dice. Yeah. Oh. And with that, who's your next one? My next one is very close to the mark here, with, and it's Nirvana. Oh, with yeah. uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit. 
I've a lot oh. to say about this. Obviously. Um, 1991, Kurt doesn't see it as his best work by any means. He Probably not. thought, um, he thought even the B-side, Drain You, was a better song than Smells Like Teen Spirit. We, um, did, that. we did that on the B-side, didn't we? Yeah, Drain is killer. But um, he thinks that, he, he, he didn't hate the song, but he hated what the song represented. He said that we've got better songs on this album than Smells Like Teen Spirit. He said the problem here was that MTV took that video and force-fed it to everybody 24 hours a day to the point yeah. where that just became this kind of singular moment in time where it summed up like an entire movement for an entire generation and he hated... He, he said sometimes he could play it and it's fine, but he could see the crowd reaction uh, between like the, the, the hardcore kind of Nirvana fans and the people who were only there to hear that song. Oh yeah, you would. You just like yeah. disheartment with them. With the the, the song isn't exactly, anymore. which is um, so dumb because they really genuinely do have so many good songs. Even exactly, on the album, album alone. Like. The, the, I, I think it'd be hard pushed. I go out and go out on a stance here, and I think it'd be hard pushed to find a bad Nirvana song on any of the regular albums. To be honest Absolutely. with you, I don't even think there's really any bad Nirvana songs. Yeah, I mean, even the stuff on uh, Incesticide. Um, even some of the rougher stuff is interesting yeah, to hear. Yeah, you like, know, but you're 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 kind of knowing that they're kind of demoish. Exactly. Exactly. So you, you don't give them the same sort of a, you put them under the same microphone. Exactly. You know, we've never listened to the proper um, original mix of In Utero. Oh yeah, I think we did like years ago. Whenever it was released on the internet. Yeah, when they when they leaked it out and then they pressed it onto vinyl just to try and get another batch of sales out. But I never listened to the original right. uh, mix of it, and I I need to rectify that because I fucking love that album, and I wanna. Yeah. Do you know who didn't love it? Everyone, <laughs> the record no, label Geffen. No, yeah, but fucking Kurt Cobain as well moaned about that album as well. This is what annoyed me, right? I like <coughs> Kurt Cobain, right? Mm. I really do, and. But he's such a contrarian where anything of his that does well. Yeah. And like if it does if it, like I was gonna say, like, stop playing it if you don't like it. Well, he kinda did. Uh but like stop yeah. like okay, forget about in, in utero for a second, because he definitely stopped playing that. But don't play the stuff you don't want to play. Or if you're too big, you can always pull out. Like, okay, you've got contracts and stuff like that, but at the end of the day, like Torin is what probably killed him. Yeah, I know that Michael Stipe had a big thing where he was trying to um, write some songs together because uh, Court was obsessed with um, fucking what's the Bleeding Nirvana album with Night Swimming on it? No, the REM album with Night Swimming on it. Um, uh, automatic, not automatic. Automatic for the People, yeah. He was obsessed with Automatic for the People and he just kept listening to it over and over again. Like that's, That was his thing. And that's the way he wanted the next Nirvana album to go apparently it was in that direction apparently it was found in a CD player when he blew his head off um, he was listening to it that day and um, Michael Stipe was like I would, not, I would not have put him as an R.E.M. fan mad isn't it yeah, he was obsessed he fucking loved that album because he, he hated he hated Pearl Jam he hated Pearl Jam yeah he loved him and Michael Stipe were, were fucking good buddies and Michael Stipe used to send people over to Kurt's house with like airplane tickets to you know fly two hours fucking over the hill to come and hang out with him and maybe write some music together and stuff and Kurt was always saying yeah 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 deadly and then he'd never show up he wouldn't get in the plane he'd just go and do a fucking load of heroin or something instead but apparently um, apparently for all Kurt giving out about fame and blah 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 he fucking loved it he loved it say, like, I know he has a thing to keep up but I mean 
he seemed to just moan about everything that he did that went popular. He hated. Yeah, like, yeah. But stop doing things then. If you really, really, really exactly. don't like it. <laughs> exactly. Because uh, when you're young and you read those, you're like, yeah, man, that's cool. But when you get older and you read that, you're like, man, like, stop playing then. Yeah, so like apparently he was he was obsessed with the Pixies as well, and he wanted to kind of he wanted to get into this kind of Pixies style of of writing writing That's songs right. with the kind of queer to loud dynamic kind of jumps and stuff like that. So he uh, obviously took that fucking Boston more than a feeling, which is uh, Kingsman Louie Louie. But I think in utero was the one he finally did play the whole Pixies album he wanted to play. He gives him pretty that. much, pretty much. Yeah. He, he finally this got is to quite Pixies. Yeah, this is quite. Yeah, just 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 in the, the the way it's recorded, even um, yeah. with, with Butch Vig, like it, it makes sense, you know. And um, so he he, he he seemed to be following these kind of roads laid out by his heroes, and if he got bigger than his heroes, following their road. He'd give out about it. He'd get embarrassed. I think. Yeah, exactly. And he'd say, oh, that's not what I wanted, blah, blah, blah. Like, Smells Like Teen Spirit was a fucking f- f- phenomenon, you know? And yeah, it might have been too big for him. It might have been, it might have been too much too quick. Uh, at least it didn't happen on the fucking first album, because God knows what would have happened. But at least he'd got some international touring under his belt, and he dealt with some record labels and stuff like that by the time. Um, uh, Nevermind came out. But... Yeah, apparently he just he had this thing where it was he didn't think it was good work and MTV had fed it into people and he felt like he was kind of regurgitating almost MTV's products by playing it all the time you know Um, he never intended it to be that song Uh, apparently that wasn't even even Geffen Records were like this the whole idea was they were going to slip Smells Like Teen Spirit out just to try and get into some college radio stations and stuff like that, and something right. in the way was going to be the big song. That was the one they had millions upon millions put aside for the promotion of something in the way. Wow. And uh, really? it, yeah, yeah. So it smells like Teen Spirit was meant to be like a little placeholder, like the the second single or whatever the fuck of of the, of the new album um, was going to be something in the way, and that was that was the thing that was going to be fucking like they they expected the sky to crack open with that song, but it was too late. So, uh, it smells like Teen Spirit had done it first, and then they'd already planned on releasing something in the way. Which, once it smells like Teen Spirit broke, and they were like, "Oh well, this big, heavy, bombastic sound has really sold. Maybe something in the way won't work." It was too late for them to swap the singles. They were already printed. They're already pressed. They're ready to roll out. So, like, they might have done better doing "Breed" or something. You know what I mean? As the next single. But yeah. no, it was something the way it came out. It done very, very well, but nothing like Smells Like Teen Spirit because it, it was, it was too different from the one that had hit. You know, it's it's almost the opposite of what what um, Oasis were giving out about. You know, where the one that hit is pretty indicative of their sound realistically. You know, um, and the second one that comes out then the follow up doesn't like still does the business, but not like they thought it was going to. You know. Because uh, yeah, I know when they were they were they were doing tours and stuff like that, he would they'd go on tour gigs. They were playing that song, and they they'd cock tease everybody by just doing the intro, and they do do that intro oh. like 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 eight nine ten times in the gig, and then just stop and go into another song. Like he loved oh. tormenting people with it. That's you see, that's what you should do, and then play the song. Now you've built it up for yourself. Play, yeah. play it then, and that but means be, you get to that means poking you get at to be, people. Yeah. That means you get to be like cool, mad exactly. Cool. Yeah, well, in his head, he thought he was just like he was poking holes into like what MTV were doing, you know. And uh, I mean, listen, it's still one of the biggest songs ever 
but he just wasn't a fan. And as as I said, I don't think it was the fact that it was popular for the sake of it being popular. I think it was the fact that he thought because MTV were playing this video twenty four hours a day that it almost it wasn't was his. Though. I remember it was. It was, it was uh, constantly. Um, I, I think he felt like it wasn't his anymore. You know. Um, so anyway, that smells like Teen Spirit. Uh, yeah. Who is your next one? My next one is Rainbow in the Dark by Dio. This is quite mm. an interesting one because he never refused to play it live or never refused to play it live and he never disliked playing it live. But mm. it sort of plays into this playlist and podcast because he didn't want to record it and he didn't want to play it when they were playing it in the rehearsal rooms. He mm. hated it. Absolutely hated it. So Rainbow in the Dark is a fucking brilliant name for a song. Mm. It's absolutely brilliant name for a song and it makes so much more sense on so many levels as well because it's about him not being able to achieve his full potential in Black Sabbath. Uh-huh. So like a rainbow in the dark is like yeah. a fucking uh to call it like blowing on the wind or something yeah. like that. It's, um, pissing in the wind. Pissing in the river. It's all just it's, <laughs> it's, it's pointless like you know what I mean? Yeah. And as well as that he was in rainbow so yep. So it's Rainbow in the Dark really also sounds like the guy from Rainbow in the dark band. Yes. Black Sabbath. Brilliant. Anyway, um, he said he he was kicked out of uh, Rainbow for refusing to sing stuff like Since You've Been Gone. I, I don't know. Like That, that wasn't. I'm not totally mm. sure that was uh, out at the stage. Or what, I, don't know, I really don't know the history of that. But songs like that. He would have had to end up doing mm. and he's like I, I can't be singing that commercial show yeah, yeah so when when they wrote when dio the band wrote rainbow in the dark and um, one of the, the, the newer guitarists i think wrote it um at the at the end when they'd he finished his vocal take he was like i think we need to delete this from the tape now really so I, well i'm really really mortified about this song it's, it sounds like pop rubbish mm. and they convinced him and convinced him and convinced him he was like no stick with it stick with it so they moved on to other stuff as well yeah, yeah. and while they continued to produce the song and when he heard the produced version afterwards he used to hate he used to hate playing it mm. like even to rehearsing it yeah, yeah. The, the more and more they rehearsed because he, he wrote it apparently he wrote the lyrics and or the vocal melody within seconds of hearing the song oh. they played them. and that kind of kind of interested him but after a while especially moving towards the recording process and mm. after Hearing the tapes back, he just went, lads, we're not doing this song. It's mm. shite. Absolute shite. And they were like, this is the best song ever made. <laughs> He's like, it's absolutely not even the best song we've done today. So they convinced him and they convinced him. And then after they had the full produced version of it, he went, this is really good. <laughs> like, He's like, yeah. They were like, yeah, we told you it was really good. Mm. And it went on to be like their most successful single, I think, possibly above Holy Diver mm. even as well. Uh, so it's mad that he refused to play it in a, in a sense yeah until he was coerced by his band confronted which, with the final product yeah I think that's what it was yeah so it's a very short I won't play it but I just found that very interesting when mm. reading it and, and, and for a, like it was a very short journey of hating the song and not wanting to play it but how close mm. if, if they hadn't been able to convince him that song would have been deleted yeah if he I wanted it there song. and then. Yeah. Oh, and yeah obviously, he'd have the clout to get them to delete it. So, must have been some fucking uh, what happened was, job. One of the other band members was in charge of recording the album, I think, or was closer to the producer or something like that. So, 
it wouldn't have gotten deleted. Yeah. Basically, they were saying, we're not deleting this and you have to listen to it. So if Dio had been the one in the thing, it probably would have pressed delete on it. No, Maybe, yeah, yeah. Well. You later. But it's mad. I love that song. I just mm. love everything about it. And I don't think it's too poppy. The poppiest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it is a little bit. But it's not since you've been gone. True. It's also True. not as dark as heaven. It's not as dark as heaven and hell either. Though. Mm. Look. Rainbow in the Dark is a savage name for a song. And it's a savage song. And it almost didn't see the light of day. It almost was a rainbow in the dark oh. forever. Who's your last one? My last one is Madonna with Like a Virgin. She not like doing that? She Probably. doesn't like doing any of her old songs. Any of them. Yeah, she hates them all. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me, actually. Um, she hates Holiday. She hates Material Girl. Now, she's given different it, interviews. It, you know what? When you're in your fourth decade or more of your songs... Your teenage songs probably sound dumb. Like yeah, I went to look, yeah. I, I would have presumed that Depeche Mode hate playing just can't get enough. Mm. They don't, they, they don't mind it at all. So I couldn't put that on the playlist. But I can yeah. imagine Madonna singing "Holiday." It yeah. would be so nice. Like the lyrics are sort of garbage-ish on a lot yeah. of them songs. I love them. Love. They're them. fun. It's but it might as well not be the Madonna we remember yeah. or know now. You know, and yeah. I think that, that she's not, that's she's not quite ra- she's not quite Radiohead now either. Like, but oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, no, she said that like she'd have to be paid a fortune to to to, to play those songs. She said like if someone offered me thirty million dollars, like I'd, I'd play she those not songs. Played them? No, don't deal with them. No. Um, apparently, she's she's worked um, holiday into a couple of gigs on a few occasions, but remixed is it? Uh, probably some sort of updated version of it. But like a virgin, she despises Material Girl. She despises. Um, seems to change. You catch her one year and she'll give an interview saying like, I fucking hate like a virgin, and six months later she'll give an interview saying Material Girl is the worst thing I've ever done. Um, yeah, she, she is very outspoken about her. Yeah, stuff, she, she just has this thing. About, um, talks about that on a uh, worst covers where exactly yeah. Um, she she has this thing where she's like like I'm I'm, I'm I'm fucking I'm old and I've done books with me tits out and you know talking about riding and songs and how am I meant to be singing a song called Like a Virgin you know and then she she said that like multiple times where she'd go into a restaurant and whoever the fuck is in charge of the music would put on like Material Girl or something like thinking she wants to hear her 30 year old music you know that happens in a pub right now we all yeah, do it <laughs> exactly I've done it yeah I've done it when people, famous people come in and go shit after the gig we better play the songs they, they're probably like they're not quite Madonna people though you know, exactly you know. um, but yeah she just has this thing where everywhere she goes people see her you know if she's in a in a mall or something like that like that song will bleed and come on because it's just it's just kind of it's fodder music you know and I think she wants herself to be taken a little bit more serious than that kind of bubblegummy show she was pumping out in the 80s so she's just left that era of herself behind yeah. you know she's she's evolved past it and she just it, it's not it, it's, it's an interesting take as well because she's one of those people that has so many kind of different incarnations that like surely there has to be a large percentage of people who buy tickets to go and see madonna to hear those songs but they're not going to hear them you know they're going to hear gotcha. you know cowboy show or whatever fucking stuff she was doing you know um did you write the book of love? Yeah, exactly. Faith in God above. Yeah, it's shocking. Bye, bye, Miss No, shocking. I don't know. But yeah, like, I don't know. Like, she, she's now doing whatever. Like, she's probably did like Electro Clash for a while. It's probably, mm. uh, uh, she's probably doing Trap now. Like, she won't give up. Like, yeah. I loved how Madonna reinvented herself. She was the queen of reinventing herself for a while. Yeah. But you can only do that so much while you are 
being so like if she had a calms the fuck down and took an acoustic guitar out for her last album, I would have swear to God I would have played it. I would like yeah. be interested if she she yeah. calmed down. Yeah, but she she's lost the ability to push things forward, so she's catching up now, and it's it's sort of embarrassing when anyone. Yeah, she's a couple of years behind. Like I, I think it's it was embarrassing when like Metallica did it. It's Metallica. Yeah. When, it's, it's embarrassing when any band tries to catch up. So for a while she yeah. was setting the standard. Give yourself a break, Madonna. Take out an old acoustic and play some nice songs. Yeah, I mean, she, had, she can pro- she can probably play a couple of instruments by now, like reasonable, you know. With that. A guitar, all right? Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, write a few of them, couple of fucking ABC songs, and bang that out, you know, and see, see what happens. The chance she probably get a savage songwriter like whoever. Get Lady Gaga to actually oh, no, they won't. They don't like each other. But get someone to help you out, whatever, because she does get people to help her out. Like but, exactly. Like, but Madonna doesn't have to be over, but she has to stop running. Behind everyone yes. else, yeah, she's she's definitely she's a swine for that. Like like I said, she's always she's a couple of years behind the trend, and she'll release an album, you know, a fucking dubstep album or something will come out next. You know, it's a bit late. It's a bit it's, fucking late. She's a bit like Kylie Minogue does it as well, but Kylie Minogue's quicker. Yes, and then yes. you got someone like Grace Jones who will just do whatever the hell she wants. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. I would um, just, I would just love to tell Madonna. It's like Madonna, you have the ability to do a Kate Bush. No, not really. Let's be honest, but. Close enough, yeah. Near enough, if you really, really try hard. Yeah, exactly, like something, something or, fucking dark, you know. Yeah, like she did it with, she did it with Frozen that time, or the yeah the Ray of Light album. With yeah, she got that was the first time she was. I I saw her really reinventing herself in the latter day Madonna. William Orbit, uh, wasn't it? William Orbit getting yeah. it ahead of the trend, and it was brilliant. Get Absolutely someone else brilliant. like that in, you know. Get DJ Shadow in or something. Come up with something cool, you know. But anyway, that was it. That was um. If we have to, which is songs that artists do not like to perform for any number of reasons. Uh, if you like what we do, we got the patreon.com forward slash lost art podcast. Uh, that's a monthly subscription based model where you get access to all of our live shows during the lockdown, a lot of exclusive podcasts, videos, loads of bits and bobs up there to keep you uh, uh, cool on these long winter nights and keep you <laughs> warm on the cold winter evenings i know some shy um they're there if you don't like that you got the ko-fi and you can tip us for our work please tip us for our work because it costs money to do this all of our services uh, like we've talked about this before even in order for me and helmet to record a podcast we have to like glue four different pieces of software together to make it work and it's a pain in the hole and it costs money so uh if you like what we do boys a point the link is there in the text whether you be on spotify whether you be on apple whether it be Google Music, whatever, whatever app you're on, the text is there. And uh, you can throw us a few quid to keep us going and uh, keep the wolves from the door. It makes a big difference. We'll be back in a couple of weeks uh, with another one. As we said before, we were doing shows every week. We can't do that right now because of the way work is. So we're just going to get them to you whenever we can. And uh, we'll, we'll be back to you. It's realistically probably in about two weeks' time with a delicious, fresh one for you. Uh, yeah. Thank you very much, folks. Thanks. Bye.